You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the geek to geek podcast network. And on this week's episode, Chelsea and I will be discussing my latest obsession, The Greatest Showman. Yay! Not just yours, mine too. That's true. I mean, I was just saying, I like, uh, basically every person that I have spoken to about this movie or soundtrack is completely obsessed with this movie. Yes. Except for Karen. Karen is the only person who's not obsessed with this movie like the rest of us. I know. It's just because she hates musicals, which is such a bummer. I'm like. I know. But I'm super proud of her for seeing it in the first place because honestly, I didn't think she was going to see it. Wait, she saw it? Yeah, she saw it. Oh, did she like it? No, she she did not like it. Damn it, Karen. Yeah, that's why I said she's not obsessed with it. I was like, but shout out to Karen for giving it a chance. Love you, Karen. Yes. Um, But since I have so much to say about this movie, we should uh, catch up before we do that. Because otherwise we're never going to catch up. I know. (laughs) Okay. Chelsea, what have you been doing? All righty. Well, I... I've been doing a lot of reading uh, and listening to podcasts. I mean, I've been doing a lot of like TV watching too, but I've been watching a lot of like stuff I've already talked about and nothing new really. So I want to talk about first two podcasts that I've been super into this past week. Um, One is Two of a Kind, which is done by two best friends, kind of similar to us. Uh, I found them through Riverdale Register because one of the girls guested on the podcast and the girl on Riverdale register also guested on theirs. So the theme of their podcast started off with we're two long distance best friends who really enjoy Mary Kate Nashley. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's two of a kind, like the TV show they did. Oh my God. Really? Yes. So they, they talk about, well, at first they discuss Mary Kate Nashley movies, but then also talk about the pop culture that they're really into and kind of catch up with each other and talk about things they enjoy and things they didn't enjoy and whatnot. Um, but then they start going into just like other old movies and stuff. Like at one point they talk about Raise Your Voice, the Hilary Duff movie. Like, oh my God, <laughs> I love that movie. And like, they're not, it's not all just like, oh my God, I love this movie and nostalgia, nostalgia. Like they actually like, you know, critique it and like some of them they don't like and some of them they like. And it's really, really fun. They're just, they're two cool girls, so that's been really fun. Um, and the second is Punch Up the Jam, which is uh, Demi from Gilmore Guys. That's his new podcast. Oh, okay. It's, it's done with him and his friend Miel, and they basically take a song that they like and, like, dissect it and go over it and, like, punch it up. So they actually create their own version by the end. Oh, wow. <laughs> And it's hysterical. So two they've put out recently are You Make My Dreams by Hall and & Oates and okay. uh, Crash Into Me by Dave Matthews wow. Band. <laughs> oh and it's, it's hilarious <laughs> because <laughs> like, okay, Crash Into Me was especially hilarious because when you break down the lyrics, um, they're super creepy. Oh, God. They're super, yeah. super creepy. Uh, <laughs> so they go over it and... <laughs> 
<laughs> and then, like, by the end, like, Miel, who's the, the co-host, she created her own version, which was basically Crash Into Me done as slam poetry. And it was amazing. (laughs) I kind of need to listen to this podcast, both of these podcasts, because I love Mary-Kate and Ashley. Exactly. So uh, I would say, like, I would skip the first few of Punch Up the Jam only because they're holiday related, because they started the podcast right at Christmas. And it's kind of like, it's kind of hard to listen to that when it's not the holidays. (laughs) But definitely definitely listen. I love Christmas. I don't know. The the songs they picked weren't my fave, but... (laughs) uh what's it called they the the two that i just mentioned are hilarious hilarious okay moving on i have read the book simon and the homo sapiens agenda which is the book that the new movie love simon is based on i don't know if you've heard of this movie coming out yes i have Uh, i can't wait to see it yes i freaking loved it so basically it's about a kid in high school who is gay but hasn't really told anyone, but has emailed or connected through someone over Tumblr who is also gay and goes to his school and they email each other under like different identities and they like develop this really nice friendship and eventually obviously figure out who each other are. And it's really, really good. Oh, Uh, I want to read it. Yes, it's very, very good. Second one has been uh, Almost Midnight. By Rainbow Rowell. It is not a novel. It is two short stories. One is about this girl and guy who are friends who you just see like their story every New Year's Eve for like four or five years. So it's yeah, it's like like right about almost midnight. It's like what happens with them at that time for like over five years. The second one is about a girl who waits in line to see The Force Awakens (laughs) Like, like super geeky, like number three in line waits like for like a week in line to go see the new Star Wars movie. Freaking fantastic. I love it. I ordered that book, by the way, but it's coming from like Europe. Oh, well, it's it's going to take like three weeks to get here. And I'm really upset about it. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's very good, though. It's worth it. And then for my bit of weekly geekery, I have read the new the newest uh, volume of Supergirl Rebirth, which is called Escape from the Phantom Zone, which is really fun because Batgirl is in it a lot. And that's fun because I like this Batgirl. Nice. So how about you, Katie? Um, Well, since I haven't been on the podcast in a while. Yes, it's been two (laughs) weeks for you. Yes, it's been two weeks. Um, I did quite a bit of things. Um, last Sunday was Connor's birthday. So he threw, well, his birthday was earlier in the week, but he had a a brunch and board game birthday party at his house. Very good. So I had brunch, had mimosas, and it was very funny because I got there at like 11. And then when I checked the time again, it was 5 PM and we were like, where did the day go? (laughs) We played a bunch of games. Like we played, uh, Jackbox games on the Nintendo switch. Oh, okay. Which is super fun. They're like group games that you play with the console, but also on your phone at the same time. And then we played this. It's called, it's like this, it's kind of like telephone, but you do it with drawing pictures. Okay. So like uh, everybody makes a little booklet and you write your name on it and then you pick a word, you write a word. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then you pass it to the person either to your left or to your right. Okay. Depending on which way you're going. And then that person draws a picture based on the word you wrote or the phrase and then folds that over and passes it to the next person. So they just see the picture and then they write a word what they think the picture means. Uh Uh-huh. And sometimes by the end you get it back. It is just completely wrong. (laughs) Nice. That's like I wrote. It's super fun because I wrote Prince Phillips, Prince Phillips, Prince Philip from Sleeping Beauty. Mm hmm. Right. And passed it to Carrie and Carrie was like, oh, and so she drew this like awesome photo of like Prince Philip fighting a dragon and like all of this stuff and then passed it to the next person who looked at it and was like Daenerys. (laughs) And then it went totally Game of Thrones the rest of the time. Excellent. Two mindsets. Yeah. It just it just went there. My favorite, though, was I drew I said Casper. I wrote Casper and Carrie drew a friendly ghost. Somebody wrote Casper, the friendly ghost. It passes it to the next person. They draw a really friendly ghost. And then it gets to Joel. Oh, no. Who looks at this picture of a ghost that was clearly a ghost. And you know what he wrote? What? Mermaid. Oh, my God. (laughs) So then it turned into this like elaborate picture of like a mermaid and then like something else in a mermaid. And I was like, how the hell did it go from Casper to a mermaid? He just, Come on, guys. Oh, my God. Joel's like, that's a tale. And we're like, of the ghost, like MJ's picture was not that bad. Oh, my God. It He's was like, very this is a funny. Really crappy drawing of a mermaid. That's because it's a ghost. <laughs> It's because it's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. So that was really, really fun. I had so much fun. Um, so also, like, two weeks ago, Kenny and I went to go see Jeff Goldblum. Yes. And his, and his jazz band because, oh, my God, Jeff Goldblum. Yes. <laughs> it was, like, the most amazing thing ever because I love Jeff Goldblum. And we get to this, like, it's like a bar. And we're sitting in this bar lounge place and like you purchase like two seats at a table or however many people are coming. And then they sit other people at your table. Oh, okay. So you're not just by yourself. And like Kenny and I are sitting there and I look over and freaking Jeff Goldblum is standing over at the bar, like talking to people. And I just look at Kenny and I'm like, oh, my God, Jeff Goldblum is here. (laughs) So you didn't know you just went to a jazz club with Kenny and he just happened to be there. No, no, no. Um, so he asked me if I wanted to go see Jeff Goldblum. Oh, so like apparently okay. he plays at the Rockwell in L.A. like every Wednesday. Wow. OK. Yeah. So like he does improv jazz. That's what he does. He doesn't sing. He plays the piano. Nice. And so like he's got a band and like they start playing a song and he has to guess like what key and like what song it is that they're playing. And then like he just jumps in and then he invites different uh, jazz singers to sing and different things like that. And then he also does kind of like an improv show also. Huh. Okay. So like he'll, uh, he dramatically reads people's text conversations. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And then he also like, he'll get a paper from a writer and he'll like do a dramatic reading of that. Like one of them was like tweets from somebody and then, uh, like different news articles and things like that. Like he'll just do dramatic readings of things and then he gives it to somebody in the audience. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And like, so halfway through the show, he's like, okay. He was like, so the band is going to take a break. And he goes, I'm going to come off the stage and stand right here. And they're going to turn on the house lights. And anybody that wants to take a photo with me can come take a picture. He goes, I don't know why you guys want to do that, but I'm available for photos. And I'm like, of course I want to take a picture of freaking Jeff Goldblum. Of course. So like... <laughs> 
Kenny, I'm like freaking out because he like kept walking by and Kenny's like, you need to calm down. And I was like, I am calm. <laughs> Which you probably weren't. <laughs> no, I was like, I wasn't visibly freaking out, but like I was internally just losing my like, I was just losing it. I was freaking out because it's Jeff Goldblum. And so I get in line and we like, I walk up there to take a photo and he's like, he puts his hand out and like I shake his hand and then he like pulls me in for like a snuggle. And like this man snuggles like all the photos. I told Kenny, I was like, you have one job. I was like, you need to take the best pictures of me with Jeff Goldblum. Like, I don't care what else happens. I was like, you need to take an amazing photo of me with him. Yes. Like that is the only thing that I want. And he took a bunch of photos and they're live photos. Excellent. So like when you look at the live photo, he is like just consensual snuggle heaven. Nice. And he like starts out with like his hand on my wrist and then it moves to my arm and then it's like a full hug. And I just like went in. I'm like, I'm going full Jeff Goldblum snuggle. Oh, my gosh. It was everything. That sounds like an experience. (laughs) It was so wonderful. And I was like, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being manhandled by Jeff Goldblum and (laughs) it's consensual and a wonderful. Yes. Anyways. So that happened. Thank you, Kenny, for inviting me. I love you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have to go back though. Cause I got to take Becca to see Jeff Goldblum. Oh yeah. And he's so funny. Oh my God. And amazing. And just, I love him. That's so cool that he plays there like every week. It's so awesome. Um, So speaking of Kenny, um, he's talked about this a bunch of times on his show. So Dumbbells and Dragons, that's Kenny's show uh, about getting a divorce. And, you know, I'm very happy for him. So like he's he's much happier and he's in a really good place. And I'm very happy for him. Well, he threw a party to like celebrate. And, um, one thing that I am super proud of Kenny about is that he has been, he was 215 days sober, which was like incredible. Mm -hmm. And he decided that he was going to break his sobriety once he got divorced. And so he threw this like just impromptu celebration at a bar in Pasadena. And to be clear, he wasn't sober for like, you know, reasons of, Oh, not for drinking reasons. No, no. no it was out for of context, like that he sounds just, weird. Like he was yeah, sober. Yeah, it sounds really <laughs> weird. Yeah, so like he uh he decided to not drink while the divorce was going on so that alcohol, which is something that he likes, he likes beer. He loves beer. Yes. Wouldn't become something wouldn't be an escape. Yes. Good. So he stopped drinking, which was great and uh like he was like super way healthier now, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and but he went back to doing something that he loves, which is having beer because he loves beer very much yes. and so he like threw this party or whatever and yelled like drinks are on me and like bought drinks for the whole bar that's crazy <laughs> but what was funny is that when he yelled that there weren't that many people in there and then as soon as he yelled like next round's on me because i want to cheers you cheers to like this being over and like my future and all of these things like all of these people kept crawling out of the woodwork i swear like people got on their phone they're like whoa bro there's some dude who's like celebrating his divorce and he's buying booze for everyone and then all of these people just show up oh god <laughs> but his bill was not that high it was way lower than i thought it was going to be thank goodness by like hundreds of dollars so like i 
I am very happy for him, and I love Kenny very much. He is a very good friend of both of ours. He's a friend of this podcast. He's a very good friend of mine and of yours. Mm -hmm. I see him so much more, obviously, than you do, and I've spent so much time with him, and we love Kenny. Yes. Um, Congrats, Kenny. So now that we're done done with our Kenny love fest, (laughs) uh, another thing that's happening is that uh, my friends from my scavenger hunt team uh, Gishwes, our Gishwes team is planning a trip to go to Texas. So like, I've never met these people in person before. I've known them for many years, some less years than others. Like I've known a couple for like three or four years, but I've never met them in person. I've only ever talked to them in text on Facebook. And, but like, we're all like super good friends. I mean, when you go through Gishwes together, I feel like <laughs> you're sort of bonded forever. Yes. <laughs> um, but Jensen Ackles just opened a brewery in Texas, in Dripping Springs, Texas, which is just outside of Austin. Um, It's called the Family Business Beer Company, and they opened a brewery that goes along with it, of course. So it's like obviously supernatural. I was going to say that's like a super cool name. (laughs) Yes. So they just opened their brewery this month. So it is open for tours and people can go there and they have a bar and you can like drink the beer that they make there. And apparently Jensen's wife like serves people at the bar, which I want to be there for that because it's amazing. Yeah. She's so amazing. And uh, we decided we were like, we should totally go and meet up there because one of the girls lives in Texas, like two hours, one or two hours away from that from there and then like one's gonna come from indiana one's gonna come like i'm coming from california and like we're all gonna meet that's amazing in texas um one of the girls doesn't think she can come so we're thinking of like oh we're gonna do like a texas meetup and then she lives in colorado so we're like oh we're gonna go to colorado so we could see her and like because her son is really into dance and he has like all these really awesome dance recitals that i always get invited to that i can't go to because we don't live in the same state yes but it's something that I want to do. So that's in the horizon, hopefully in March. Very cool. That's going to happen. That's the plan. The plan. The plan. So, um, and then last for my weekly geekery, I have become completely obsessed with the show The Good Place. Yes, finally. Finally. Uh, it's so great. It's so funny. I The episode that we were, t- that uh, like, that I just got to is the one that Demi wrote. Yes, awesome. So, like, I'm... Yes, so I'm in season one still. Uh, I watch it every day before I go to work because it's like 30 minutes, and I usually have about 30 minutes to kill like while I eat breakfast mm-hmm. before I leave. So usually I'll watch an episode, so it's perfect. I can watch it like five days a week. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading a book that you recommended to me, which is One of Us is Lying. Yes. And it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very happy about a relationship that has started within this book. Like I was totally hoping that would happen yep. and I got there yep. and I'm very happy about it. Um, it's actually one of the books that I like, I've set a book goal for myself this year. Um, I didn't read a lot last year because I was just so busy with like the new job and then the podcast and yeah. like changing all these things in my life. Um, I'm going to try to read 25 books before the end of the year. I'm hoping I can like hit that and then, then some. Nice. So like this is the first first of 25 books that I'm planning on reading, especially since I got a crap ton of books for Christmas. Like I got so many books that I have nowhere to put them. They're just sitting on my floor in my room, plus a crate full of books that Chelsea gave me like forever ago. Yes, you have quite a book collection to. Uh, yes. <laughs> to help you with your goal. To work- 
Yes, and I keep buying more books, which is also that a problem. Is, that is such a problem. I completely yes, understand. I, yeah, it's it's a good problem. Oh, yeah, just just a space. It's a space bad problem. Exactly. <laughs> um, and lastly, I uh, bought my ticket for Supernatural convention. Excellent. How many years is that? I may not. <laughs> uh, this will be, I think six. Six years. I think so. That's awesome. I can't remember the first year I started going. I, I just I just know that like I've been every year since that first time I've gone. I'm going to Vegas again. So if anybody out there is a podcast listener and is also going to Supernatural Convention in February in Las Vegas, I will be there. Hit us up. And I'm yes. <laughs> yes. Let me know you're going to be there because it's going to be super exciting. And I'm also meeting Jensen Ackles. I bought a photo op with him and i'm so excited i'm not gonna be able to talk to him it's gonna be so awkward and amazing and then you can tell him that you're gonna take a trip to his brewery yes i've been my two second like my third less than 30 seconds that i get to stand with him and like i have to figure out like the perfect pose like because i'm never gonna purchase stuff another photo again because it's so expensive so expensive yes and, like, deep down, I really wanted to get a photo with Jared, too. And I really wanted to get a Dozy's Market apron and have him wear it in the photo. Oh, my God. And he totally would have done yeah. it. I'm serious. Yeah. Because I love Jared. Yes. And I already have a photo with Jared. But, like, we got a photo at a bar. That's, like, where we yes. met. Totally way cheaper. 27 bucks, yep. man. $20 to park my car, seven bucks to get in the it's door. Done deal. So much cheaper. My photo, my photo with Jensen, it was almost $200. <gasps> Ouch. It hurts so much to buy that, but it'll be worth it because it's the one and only time that I'll probably ever get a photo with yeah. him. And like, I get to hug him. Yeah. Like, that's huge. That is huge. I've been a fan of this show since 2005 when it started. It's going to be 13 years. No, I mean, and you've waited. You've waited a long time. <laughs> I've waited my time. 12 years of it in Azkaban. Exactly. I'm just kidding. I'm no, sorry. No, it's okay. Harry, Harry Potter joke. Anyways, so that's what's happening. So I'll be talking about Supernatural Con the closer we get to it because... I become all supernatural, which is weird because I haven't watched any of last season or this season. Oh, you need to catch up. <laughs> Girl, I'm a bad fan. <laughs> my love is still there for that show undyingly. Like, I can look up and on my wall I have a bunch of photo ops. Yes. Yeah. None of them. Oh, hey, Misha. Just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from that, um, as people know that we are part of the geek to geek podcasting network, so I don't know if anybody has actually checked out all those, uh, the podcasts that are on the network. I know that a lot of our listeners come from other po- uh, these other podcasts, but if you haven't, you should go check them out. So the Comic Box Geekitude and the geek to geek podcast are all incredible podcasts. Rob talks all about comics on the Comic Box. Joe does geeky interviews with geeky people about geeky things on Geekitude and Void and Beige talk about video games and fantasy and geek stuff and they're hilarious and (laughs) all of that stuff. Um, There's a little bit of something for everyone, pretty much. Within those three podcasts, there's a little bit of something for everyone. Um, So if you haven't checked those out, you should head over to geek2geekcast.com so that you can start listening, subscribe, download, listen, 
rate, review, all that stuff. And you can keep listening now so that you can hear a little bit more about these amazing podcasts. Comics. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box each week right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan. And I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the Geek to Geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the Geek to Geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. And we are back. Yes. So let's get into this week's topic because I've literally been dying to talk about this movie yes. for basically since I saw it. Seriously. <laughs> which which was the day after it was released. And it got like I wanted to it s- got released much earlier for you. So it was like you got we you went and saw it and I was like dying to see this movie and it didn't come out until like six days later and it was killing me. Whatever. <laughs> I have seen it twice already. I, w- I almost wanted and to see it tonight because I've just been listening to the soundtrack all day and like. <laughs> Seriously, like the day. So like it came out on December 20th. Yes. Of 2017. So like right before Christmas. It was a wonderful holiday release. And it. Like I wanted to go see it that day, but I couldn't go. So I went the next day uh-huh. and I went with. Erwin and Joel, that's who I went with. Shocker. We were almost late for the movie. Oh my God, almost late. I was like stressing out and like I didn't have the tickets like Joel did. So I was like stressing out in the lobby oh, of the no. theater and I was like, they better get here. I'm not going to miss this movie. I was like, Zach Efron. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to bust in. I don't need a ticket. <laughs> just, I'm just coming in. Like, I got reserved seats. I'm watching this movie. Anyways, so like I said, The Greatest Showman was released in theaters on December 20th in the United States, six days later in the UK. I'm so sorry you had to wait that long. Yeah, it was a Boxing Day release, which is the day after Christmas. Yes, it is. I do know what that day yes. is. Uh, just for the, for the audience, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just very excited to talk about this movie yes. so much. Anyways, so just so people know, if you have not seen this movie, we are going to be releasing so many spoilers for it. Yeah. Like a gajillion. Please go So watch. if you <laughs> just put us, pause this, go see it, come back. We'll still be here. I promise. Mm-hmm. We're not going anywhere. Anyways, so this movie was directed by Michael Gracie. And fun fact, this was his first feature film. Are you serious? Ever. Yeah. So, uh, funny story, real quick. Um, Hugh Jackman met uh, Will- Michael Gracie uh, filming a Lipton tea commercial. Sure. 
As you do. As you do. And they were like, we should do a movie together. And Michael Gracie was like, oh, yeah, sure. Everybody always says that. And then they actually followed through with it. And getting this movie made was very difficult. Yes. It took a long time to get this movie made. Mm-hmm. and But they did it. And it's incredible. And I'll talk more about that as we move through this. So the screenplay was written by Jenny Bix and Bill Condon and songs by, is it Benji? I want to say so. Paskey, Pask, Paska, Pasek? And Justin Paul, Pasek, Pasek, and Justin Paul. Um, For those of you who don't know, those are the two people who did all of the lyrical music for La La Land. And Dear Evan Hansen and... yes. The or running home to you from the Flash Supergirl crossover. Yes, it is. <laughs> so that was the thing is like it was so funny because like Irwin and Joel love La La Land and like Joel wasn't really sure if he wanted to go see this movie because obviously Irwin was like all about it because Zach Efron. He and I share an equal deep love for Zach Efron. Okay. And musical. But like Joel was like, I don't know if I want to see this. I was like, dude, it's all the music like was written by the two people who did La La Land. And he was like, oh, OK, like I'll see this movie. And I was like, dude. You're like, just trust me. You did bro. not need that. Just trust me. You're going to want to see this. Trust movie. me, bro. <laughs> OK, so the main cast for this movie is Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, Zach Efron, Zendaya. Is it Kayla? Kayla? Smith and Rebecca Ferguson. Yes. Apologize if we mispronounce I'm, that. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm really bad. I'm at names. so bad. So you do not have to worry. <laughs> I'm just I'm just terrible at pronouncing names. Anyways, so the plot of this movie. So the Greatest Showman is a bold and original musical that celebrates the birth of show business and the sense of wonder we feel when dreams come true. Inspired by the ambition and imagination of P.T. Barnum, The Greatest Showman tells the story of a visionary who rose from nothing to create mesmerizing a mesmerizing spectacle that became a worldwide sensation. So I want people to keep in mind that this film is a sensational representation of P.T. Barnum's life. He is famously not as amazing as he is depicted in this film, and some of the things he did in real life are absolutely atrocious. So this film is loosely, very loosely based on real life. that was like the only thing that was hard about watching this movie is going, eh, eh, (laughs) like... Yes, Um, for people like, I I totally understand what you're saying because PT Barnum. So like for people who don't know, uh, people that have heard of the Ringling brothers and Barnum and Bailey, like this is where this comes from. So PT Barnum was the person who created the freak show Mm -hmm. pretty much. Like he is the person who started that and like circuses, like that was how he started. Now, if you go back and read in his history, not a good person. (laughs) No. At all. Like, that was the thing that, like, Karen's issue she was having with this movie was because P.T. Barnum is not a good person. And, like, they make this movie, like, they take a small aspect of his life and create this sensational film that sort of glamorizes what he did. And, yes, that's not good. I completely. totally understand that. I completely get that. Because that was was honestly the hardest thing about this film. Like... Like, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, I 100% agree. So for people who haven't seen this movie because of that, like, I totally understand that. But you also need to keep in mind that it's extremely loosely based on his life. Yes, just and just, just think of him as a different person. <laughs> yeah, just a completely different person, 100% <laughs> yes. in general. Um, but I find that this movie's timing is very interesting because this film came out not that long after Ringling Brothers went out of business. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Like, they declared bankruptcy for, like, whatever, and, like, their animal cruelty is so bad. It'll just, oh, God. Yes. <laughs> just... Like, when you really think about it, not that great. But anyways, moving on to just thinking about the movie as it stands without the backstory of all of the horrible crap that's there, which is not a good way to think about it, but it's what we're going to do right now. (laughs) Just going to talk about the movie. So despite all of that, I really liked this movie, taking it as it was. Hugh Jackman is an incredible performer. Like, and Zac Efron, just oh my God. Killed it. Like, they both killed it. They were just so great. These two never shine brighter than when they are in a musical. Mm -hmm. And, like, to be honest, I was a little afraid about how Zac Efron's performance, like, like, musically was going to be because he has not been in a musical since 2008, which was when he did High School Musical 3. Yeah. That was the last time that he sang. Also, a couple years ago, Zac Efron fell and broke his jaw. Oh, yeah, so he, like, broke his jaw and was, like, it was, like, wired shut for a while, so I didn't know how that was going to affect his ability to sing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, his, like, broken jaw story is very funny. It's very sad, but it's also kind of funny because it's not as, like, glamorous as you think, like, somebody, like, like her broken... No, he slipped in a puddle on his property and fell and broke his oh, jaw. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Zach. <laughs> but anyways, I'm sure it hurt. so, like... <laughs> It did. Oh, I bet it hurt very much. But this was his like triumphant return to this part of his life that he hasn't really touched in almost like nearly 10 years. Yeah, I was really shocked so, he did it, to be honest. Um, I actually I knew he was going to be in it, but I hadn't heard any of the music yet. So the like I started listening to the soundtrack the day the film came out before I saw it. And when I uh, what is it? My friend Matt sent me. Uh, rewrite the stars and I was listening to it and I was like that is Zac Efron there's no way that's Zac Efron right (laughs) because his voice is so different like it's very it's you can tell it's him so much more mature it's definitely matured yeah yeah and it's because he hasn't been singing so like I mean it's very different but oh my god it's still so good like he's so good yes like, this is going to be a podcast that's about love for Jeff Goldblum and Kenny and then nothing but Zac Efron love. <laughs> so this podcast is about. Well, I mean, there's other love to give here, but we'll get yes, there. Yes, so much more. Um, but honestly, Master Zephron killed it. Like, that's just what he did. That's why he's Master Zephron. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on past Zac Efron, the entire cast was beyond incredible. The choreography, everybody that sang, especially, oh my God, especially like, oh, I'm just going to keep butchering her name, uh, Kiala Smith. Like, oh my God, the bearded lady. Yeah. Like, she, her voice, like, where did she come from? She killed it. She killed it. She was so good. Oh my God. Apparently she's in Waitress. She was in Waitress. Oh, that makes sense. That's why she looks so familiar. Okay, I've seen her. I've seen her. 
Yeah, she's part of the original Broadway cast of Waitress. Because yep. I was listening to the soundtrack uh, like a week or two ago, and I saw her name, and I was like, oh, my God. Perfect. Love it. Okay. Yes. Very good. Um, And so Zendaya. She was amazing. Was perfect. She was perfect casting for Ann Wheeler. Like, oh, my God, so good. Very, very good. And... um. Based on, like, some of the... I, I got so obsessed with this movie that I was watching, like, behind-the-scenes videos and interviews and, like, reading things. Like, that just became a problem. Um, but she said that most of the stunt work that they did, they did without stunt people. Like, wow. that was all her. A lot of it was all her. Like, all that trapeze stuff, a lot of it was all her. Like, the whole scene with Rewrite the Stars, that was them. Dang. Like, Zac Efron and Zendaya. Like, they did all of that work together. That's awesome. That's really, really good. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but did you know that Michelle Williams could sing? Uh, no. No clue. I mean, she wasn't the best in the movie, but she did a darn good job. She was very good. I Her love dancing was the, the song best, though. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The rooftop dancing. Oh, my God. I was losing that was it. Like, I was I was losing it. I, I'm not like when was, she like goes to like almost jump off the roof and he catches her and then pulls her back. I was like, oh. <laughs> just like. <laughs> see, this is the thing. It's like so when I was watching. So when I was listening to the music, like you have no idea what's happening in the scenes when you're yes. watching it. You just have this idea that it's going to be sensational. Like every single part will be amazing that goes along with each, with each of the songs. And when I was sitting in the theater, like. I was so blown away by how good, like, how beautifully the film was shot, how the movement of the camera was so perfect, Mm -hmm. how the, like, the cinematography was just on point, but, like, the choreography was so freaking good. It was. Like. It was beautiful. Oh, my God. Like, the the dancing, and then, no joke, I cried. Oh. Cried so much during um, This Is Me, and mm-hmm. then I cried. That led into many tears for Rewrite the Stars, because I had no idea what they were going to do. Like, I saw the poster of them, like, doing the thing on the rope, like... Mm-hmm. But I didn't know if that was, like, during that song or, like, whatever, because like, I'd watched the trailers, like... But that scene was so much better than I ever could have imagined. Yes. I agree. And it was, I cried. See, and Erwin was like, did you cry? And I'm like, of course I did. He's like, you cried during Rewrite the Stars, didn't you? I saw you. <laughs> I didn't listen to any of the music beforehand I because I knew I was going to go see this. And if I knew I was going to see it, I didn't want to listen to it until I mm-hmm. watched it. And so when I was sitting there in the theater, I it was just like jaw drop. I like tears just casually falling out of my eyes, just like. Especially never enough. I okay, you know the look that Hugh Jackman gives the the opera singer when she's singing Never Enough? Yeah. That was me. I was I was like this this angel just showed up on the screen and just started singing. I <laughs> Yes. And also not an opera singer. No. I don't care I agree. what you call I agree. <laughs> After the song I was like, that was the most amazing song. Not opera though. Not, not opera. I think that was like the one thing that bugged me the most about this movie yeah. was straight up that they kept calling her an opera singer. And I'm like, that is not opera. I've been to an opera. I was like, like that ain't opera. I was like, that was the most gorgeous song. Like I've heard in a long time, but not opera. Nope. Nope. 
Yep. Nope. Not even. Not even close. Like her oh, voice was incredible. I not love the actress either. The actress wasn't singing it. It was a different singer. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. She was the I only one, I think. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. But okay. it was still gorgeous. She she lip sang no. the heck out of it, man. <laughs> yeah, she killed that song. I was like, but what I love, like, we'll talk about this song because, like, it's very like if you read the lyrics to it, like, it means so much. Yes. Like in relation to like P.T. Barnum, like yes to him. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So I think we've talked about your thoughts on the film. Oh, <laughs> I think we've talked about both po- of our thoughts on the positive. film. Unless you have more thoughts. Just positive. <laughs> positive. All the way around. Okay. So what is your favorite scene or favorite scenes from this movie? Pro, I mean, like like I said, probably the the opera singer singing. Like, I felt so bad because obviously he was reacting in a way that he really should. Like, you know, you see Michelle Williams' character's face; she's just like, "Oh, oh, you're looking at her like that." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, "No, don't, just don't do that." Just this this <laughs> angel is singing. I was just so moved. <laughs> it was so dumb. I was just like. I was just like, this is so beautiful. Um, and then, oh, God. I'm trying to think what else, what else? I think, oh, the the the, the dancing when she's uh, dancing with Hugh Jackman, but not really. He disappears, like, through the windows. Oh, when she's singing tightrope. Yes. And she's... And she's, like, dancing with him, and then um, she goes from, like, one window to the next, and, like, the silhouette just, like... Poof, disappears i was just like yeah i was so good so impressed there was just so many like i I know it was really hard um i don't know how about you (laughs) okay obviously i think i know one (laughs) okay (laughs) okay so my I loved the entire movie. I really liked the beginning a lot, so much. Like when they're singing the first part of the greatest show, when Hugh Jackman is hitting that like those sharp movements yes. and stuff. Like the choreography for that is just like I was freaking out when I was watching it. Yeah. Like my, if you could see my face, it was just like, oh my god! Like this huge happy face. This whole the whole time that that scene was going on. It was on. a strong but, start. Like, Oh, God, it was so good. Oh, God, just I need to go. I'm going to go see it again today. It's going to happen. Yep. Just it's going to happen. Um, or tomorrow. I might go see it tomorrow. <laughs> Three day weekend. Ooh. Wait. Um, Why? Oh, it's Martin Luther King. Oh, junior day tomorrow. Oh, duh. Sorry. That's right. Not, you don't you don't have these holidays anymore. Not in America anymore. I'm confused. Anyway, go, go nope. on. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, the part where. OK, so I love the other side. Like that scene in the bar yes. with the duet with the choreography is just so perfect. It's it's amazing. Fantastic. But like the scene that I love, probably it's like my number one scene. And then number two is like the rewrite the stars. Mm-hmm. Like that entire part is just everything. But my number one moment that happens is right after they sing the other side and like they go to where the circus is mm-hmm. and he moves out onto that balcony and and Anne is on the trapeze and she flies up and does that slow motion up and he like takes his hat off and he's looking at her and she looks up just as she becomes level with him and they make eye contact and look at each other 
and she like then it speeds up back to normal speed and she leaves and he goes who was that and I was like oh my god (laughs) it's the meat cute it happened (laughs) yes that's like my favorite moment of like the whole thing it was gorgeous I love that part so much that's why like like you were saying like this was such a well-made movie like if this movie wasn't as well made as it was it would be really hard to look past the true story of like the, yes. the, the, the person but honestly because it was gorgeous and just good all the way around like that's why it was as easy as it was to kind of overlook it like it was still hard like you're still thinking thinking about it in the back of your mind but but yeah. then you're swept away instantly by like yes. the the, st- the story and the songs and just little moments like that. <sighs> so that was my next question. Do you think that the quality of the songs of each of the numbers that they did in this film is what made this film so incredible? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I I agree. Like this soundtrack was just so on another level that like. It was so it's what made the film so good. And especially like because of the people that they got to be the singers and even like the kids, the kids that they had sing like, oh, my God, where did these children come from? (laughs) Probably probably Broadway training. (laughs) Yes. But still, like when they sing um, the second song, a million reasons, a million dreams, dreams, a million dreams. Um, cause they sang a million dreams and it was like the child, the, like the kid version of Hugh Jackman's yeah. character. And then the reprise, which is with, like, uh, the daughters. Oh, his two little girls who were so cute when she was like wanting nothing to be but a ballerina. I was like, oh, that's me. Yes. That was very cute. I agree. <laughs> they were so good. Those kids. Oh my gosh. So freaking good. And, uh, Lauren Allred is the person who sings. Uh, for the opera singer. Yes. Killed it. That voice is of an angel. She, yes. Every time that song so would good. come on when, when Eamon and I were listening to the soundtrack in the car, I was like, Eamon, this is a voice of an angel. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, yes, I know. I'm like, but it's, but she's an angel. Okay. Favorite songs. Never enough. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> think I can make this clear. Um, and actually I love this is me. But for from now on, from now on has like just such a killer like it's a killer ensemble song. You know what I mean? Like the beginning, you're like, yes. okay, okay, you know, it's like okay, like a little bar song, you know, and then it just like boom, like the next thing you know, like you're stomping your foot, like getting into it, and like when he's like running <laughs> to the train, you want to run with him, like. <laughs> We're like, we're going to make it. We're going to get your wife back. It's going to be great. And we're going to come back home. Yes. It's going to happen. Exactly. I cannot help but sing along to that song. So those those yes. two would be the top for me. But that's like a really hard decision. And it kind of changes oh. like week to week, day to day. Sometimes it's, you know, I have another favorite, but. Okay. So like I've thought long and hard about this. Yes. So it's like, I know, obviously rewrite the stars is number yeah. one. <laughs> Then it's This Is Me. Uh-huh. 
The Other Side. Because yes. The Other Side is a duet that I didn't know that I needed in my life. And it's like modern like, country. It's got this modern country so song. Good. And I usually don't like modern country, but this yes. was amazing. I was yes. digging it. Yeah. And they so good. I just I love it. So the other side and then like the greatest show. Yeah. Come alive from now on. Yeah. Just all of them. Basically. Yeah. All of them. Honestly, that's what I mean. Like it's (laughs) day to day. It's like, oh, no, I like this song today. But it's like, oh, they're just all so good. Yes. Um, So this is me won a Golden Globe. Right. For best original song. Rightfully so. Yes. How, like, when you read the lyrics, like, how does this song, like, make you feel? I mean, really good. Like, like, if I, if I was going to cry during any song, it was, it was that one. Like, that was, like, you cry a lot easier than I do. But, but that, I'm just saying, I'm just being honest. I know, I know, (laughs) I know. Uh, I, I definitely, like, had tears, like, in my eyes much like faster than any other song with this song if that makes sense because it was just no it it makes total sense because like the scene leading up to this song is like he he's never been ashamed of his like his freaks like ever he made them believe that they were this is a place where they belong Mm -hmm. and then he meets this woman who is like this truthful because like the thing about pt barnum is you have to remember that his big saying was there's a sucker born every minute and his thing was about tricking people but for entertainment to entertain them to make them smile to make them happy based on this film yes and so a lot of the things that you see in the freak show are not true like the man isn't irish and not that tall he's wearing stilts he's not that heavy he's you know like a pillow Yeah, so some of the things that he says are not true because he was all about there's a sucker born every minute and he thought money was important. Yep. And so when he meets this woman who's like, he says that he wants, he's always giving something false and he just wants to sell people something that's truthful. Yeah. Which was her. Mm -hmm. And when his like people show up, he like won't let them in Mm because he doesn't want them mingling. And he's like, he goes, you have a show in 10 minutes. He goes, how am I supposed to sell tickets for them to see something sensational when everybody gets to see you? And he acts so ashamed of, like, Slams being the door asso- on them. I mean. Yeah. And, like, it's awful. But, like, the message from that song is incredible because it's, like, even though you're bruised and broken, like, this is who you are. And you should embrace, like, this is me. Like Yeah. For, for me, this song was, like. The, the song that this generation needs, you know, for, yes. for, you know, everyone trying to put everyone down and just trying to admit, like, you know, everyone should embrace basically who they are and yes, love them for, who, you know, who they are. And so, I don't know, this song was just really beautiful, lyrically. I can't, I can't wait to see them perform it. At the Oscars, because I know this is going to get nominated for an Oscar. Oh, yeah. And I cannot wait to see them perform it. I'm very excited. Like, she's, she recently sang this. She went to Elsie Fest, mm-hmm. the woman who leads this song, and she sang it with Darren Chris, and I was like, ah! 
It was so good. Oh my gosh, so good. And Kesha recorded a um like a pop version of the song. Ooh. And you know how I feel about Kesha. Yes. So that obviously was amazing. Yes. Cause Kesha. Okay. So <laughs> I want to talk about rewrite this time. Yes. No, I agree. This this was incredible. Like it I was yes. I was loving the song just like more and more the seconds going on and the choreography oh. gave it so much. It it was so much power behind it. Like that was the thing is like I heard the song a million times before I saw it, but when I was sitting there, like I was speechless and like in tears because of how incredible it was because it was so much more than I could have ever possibly dreamed on how it would play out. Yeah. And what this whole, like, this is what, like, Zac Efron said that, like, he kept away from musicals because it wasn't something that, like, he wanted to try different things. Yes. And he decided to make this film as his return to that part of his life because of the message that his character was sending with his relationship with Ann Wheeler and, like, how important that relationship is right now. Yes. Because even right now, like because of what's going on in society, especially here. Yes. Um, that this was sending a message, a positive message into the world that he wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I was like, you couldn't have picked a better film as like, like your return to musicals. Like I am so happy that he decided to transition back to like things that he used to do that he loved. Well, and it's like, it's not like he's just returning to some, you know, any old musical or whatever. It like this is like a very well written musical. Like yes. and it's and it's new. So it's like you don't have any of these like you don't have any like I don't know, like I don't know what I'm trying to say. But like, you know, like with hairspray, like as much as I love hairspray, like you have thoughts about like other versions of it or say like if he had done like a live musical on NBC or whatever like it would probably be a famous musical and like you have your own thoughts going into it but this is like all original like you only you will only think of Zac Efron when you see this musical you know what I mean exactly exactly it's just that's what I'm trying to say (laughs) yeah no and like the choreography for this scene was so good what was really funny is watching behind the scenes videos from this is that that part where they like run away from each other and then run back and like have to catch each other if they didn't catch each other at the right moment they would just smack into each other yes and there was like a bunch of like behind the scenes footage of them just boom like slamming into each other ouch i need to watch this but it's like this scene especially like for the actors like that was them and like there wasn't a like a net or anything like they had to trust each other to like hold on to one another Mm -hmm. and like they were safe but like dang yeah no seriously like it is so good just like i love every moment of that scene and it's just like in the end of it is just so heartbreaking because you think like they were singing together and you think like this is going to happen like they're going to be together and then like she's like even if we were like she's like we can't do this yeah like, like my hands are tied as she says yes like they can't be together <sighs> okay so <laughs> 
I just like I just want to keep talking about oh, the music. Well, like there's so much more that happens in this movie and I'm just like it's all about the I music. I mean, musicals, it's majority of it is about the music. That's fine. I do want to say one last thing about that song though. Uh, like you're yeah. talking about wi- within that song, they are both telling each other, well like he's telling her like I want to be with you. You know, yes. you know, you know that I'm into you. Like let's make this happen and she's like who are you kidding? Like we can be who we are within these walls, but as soon as we go outside, you know, like this can't happen. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be naive. You know, the second we walk outside, like we're going to be judged and we're going to be criticized. And that's how I, I thought they just did it beautifully. I liked the scene leading up to this because like he goes to the theater with her, like he, he like tricks her basically into going to the theater because she thought that she was just going to go and he shows up to go with her. And like, it's very sweet because he's like, I, he goes, I don't think he would have come if I'd asked you. Mm -hmm. And so they're walking up the stairs and then his parents see her and say like, uh, tell him that like, this is not the life that he's supposed to have. And that being out in public with the help, and I was like, what? Yeah. And she just, like, leaves. And uh, Philip basically tells his parents, if this is the life that I'm supposed to have with you, then I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Like, being with her and having this, like, life that everybody looks down on is so much better because I get to be with her yep. than being in a world where she, I can't be with her. So it was like, he finally stood up for himself because I'm going to tell you that scene uh, before this is me when that, when Mm -hmm. she's like singing never enough and like, he's holding her hand. And then I think it's his parents that look back and see them. And he like, lets go of her hand all like aggressively. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, you did not just like let go of her because you're like, Oh my God, people are, can see us. Exactly. I was so messed up. I was, I was, I was real like, bummed about that. <laughs> God, Zach Efron, why? <laughs> Anyways, so clearly I love the song. Yes. And love Zach Efron. Um Hugh Jackman. Okay, can I can I tell you something really, really funny? Yes. This is my first movie I've ever seen with Hugh Jackman. What? Yep. Really? I went through his whole filmography. I've never seen a movie with Hugh Jackman. You never saw a Wolverine movie? Nope. Never saw an X-Men movie? What? I know. I know. (laughs) How is that even possible? I have no clue. I have just... Got somehow gone through life without seeing a single Hugh Jackman movie. I have not seen Kate and Leopold. I have not seen Australia. I have. <laughs> Katie's freaking out for the audience. I no. I I honestly. How? I d- you didn't even see Les Mis. Nope. You didn't even see Les Miserables. Nope. Oh my god. Oh my god. No. Nope. Oh my I had, god. I had no interest in seeing Les Mis. <laughs> Oh, God, Chelsea. Oh, my God. (laughs) I knew you'd freak out, which is why I said it. (laughs) Now I'm dying. You killed me. I'm dying. Oh, my God. God. I'm so sorry. Uh, But, you know, he did a good job. It was great. (laughs) Oh, my God. This guy's really got got something going. You should continue on. (laughs) 
actor I'm just hearing about. He's so great. Oh my god. You need to see Logan like really bad. I know. I just didn't want to see it because I haven't saying, seen any of the other X-Men movies. You don't need to watch them. <laughs> you don't need to god. watch it. Logan is like he like Hugh Jackman is amazing. Like, Kate and Leopold, okay, you need to see at least Kate and Leopold, because, oh my god, Meg Ryan and Hugh Jackman. I know. It's an amazing movie. I have no idea how... God, Chelsea, how did you go this long without ever seeing... He's in in so many movies. (laughs) I'm telling you, even had to look him up on IMDb and was like, okay, this, this, have you seen this? And I'm like, nope, nope, (laughs) nope. How... How is this possible? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, um, he did a good job. So. <laughs> oh, my God. I, my mind is just, like, I can't I even knew, breathe, I like, right now. I knew you would freak out about this, which is why I said it. <laughs> which, like, I can't believe you never saw Late Miz, because, like, so, like, Hugh Jackman said that the only role that he's ever wanted to play was Jean Valjean in Les Miz. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, this is what makes him so amazing. This is why I love him so much, is that he has, like, he has kids and a wife and stuff. And him and his wife made a pact that when he started acting, that he would never be away from home for more than two weeks at a time. So every two weeks he goes back home. Or, like, has to see his family. And Les Mis was the only film where that wasn't going to be possible. And, like, it was, no joke, he did an interview and he started, like, getting emotional and I was crying. It was really stupid. Like, I don't understand what I was getting emotional about (laughs) um, when he was talking about this. And he said that, like, he was going to have to go, like, six months without seeing his family or, like, something in that because they recorded all of the audio live. So in the film, they're all singing live, not recorded. And... Like, she told him, she's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like, this is the only thing that you've ever wanted to do. Like, this was your dream role. Because when he started doing musical theater, he was told that he would never be good enough to be Jean Valjean. Okay. And he proved them wrong. Boom. I... Boom. Just saying. Hugh Jackman, love him. Huge part of why I didn't want to see that movie was because it was all recorded live and... Not everyone was as it good of a singer. I, I hate Amanda Seyfried's voice. I just don't like it. It wasn't that great, but Eddie Redmayne was amazing. But we're getting off topic. Yes, anyways. Like, uh, you need to see, like... Just, I need to see oh a God, lot. Go to watch some, go see some <laughs> Hugh Jackman movies. God. I'm dying right now. I just right thought okay. it'd be funny to tell you that. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm losing my mind right now. Um, I don't know why I'm surprised. Every time you tell me you haven't seen something, like I shouldn't be surprised about it. Um, okay, so, like, the duet was amazing. Like, I didn't realize, like, how great their voices were going to sound together. Like, Hugh Jackman and, like, his voice sounded great with everybody. Yes. Like, hearing him sing with Michelle Williams during uh, A Million Dreams and then hearing him sing with Zac Efron was so good. And then him singing with, like, everybody else in the ensemble cast for Come Alive and um, the, the last song. From Now On. From Now On. And, uh, like... Oh, my God. Hearing him sing everything was just so great. It was. It was very, very good. His voice was incredible. He has a a very distinct voice, too, which is like... Well, it's... Like, you always know it's him. It's very Broadway, but, like, in a good way. Yes. Like, in a very good way. Like, it's strong. It's solid. Mm Mm-hmm. Very good. See? Look at all the stuff you've been missing with, like, Hugh Jackman. Like, his acting is great. And then... Oh my god, he's also Australian, and like <laughs> he was in a he's Australian in a movie called Australia about Australia with an Australian. It's so great. <laughs> that movie is really long, by the way. 
Yes. I love it, but it's a very long movie. Okay, we talked about the choreography. We've talked about Philip and Anne's relationship. Yes. Okay. Jenny and Barnum in the reprise of Never Enough, like right before it, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that whole thing, totally knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. 100%. It, they set it up. It was very obvious. I mean, you so- and you knew it the second he had that look on his face when he was watching her. Yeah. And then you saw Michelle Williams character look at him. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, that's why I said I was like, I was trying not to pay attention to that because I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm going to deal with you later in the movie because I know that that shit's going to come up later. Sorry. I know that stuff's going to come up later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know that stuff's going to come up later. So I was I knew from the second he looked at her and then Michelle Williams looked at him. I was like, oh, there you go. That's something. Yep. Something's going to happen there. I'm going to be super pissed about it. Oh, yeah. I was just like, dude, really? Although like, I thought you have- he would fall for her, not like her try to make a move on him and he being like, whoa. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was like, I thought for sure it was going to be. I, I knew it was something was going to happen. I just didn't know how he was going to respond to it. Yes. Which he did respond in the best way. Like when she was like coming on to him hardcore in the uh, hotel room. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you should get ready for your show. And she's like, that's when she was like, oh, you're rebuffing me. Like you're not into this. And I'm over here like, you know, he's married, right? Yeah. Like he's just with you to make some money. Yeah. Not that that necessarily is an indicator all the time, but yeah. No, and it's I mean, it's not. But I'm like, dude, you know that he's like he is married and that should have already like been a red flag at the beginning. Like, Like, I mean, obviously, like, like you can't help how you feel about people a lot of the time. And like, that's understandable. But like. She knew that, like, he had kids and was married and stuff, and yet she still was, like, totally, like, I can't believe that you don't like me. Yeah. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, how much How much did he go through to just be able to be with Michelle Williams? Yeah, but she doesn't know that. See, I know. See, that's and what I, bummed me out is, like, what? When that was all happening, I was like, don't you dare show me this cute little love story between these two kids growing up to being adults and being together. And then you put him with another woman. I was so mad. But then obviously it didn't happen. But, you know. Yeah. In the moment, I was, I was getting, like, I was, I, was, I was like, don't you dare. <laughs> I was like, don't ruin this for me. I was like, he wants to be with Charity. That's all. Like, he just wants to be with her. Don't ruin this. Yes. I love their like the the story of like how the two kids met and like how he uh, definitely was going to like they were going to he was going to come when he was walking up the the walkway to like come for her as an adult. I was like, hell yes. And she's already coming down with a bag and her dad's like, she'll be back. But she loved the life that she lived with him, even though they didn't have any money. Like, that never bothered her. Like, as long as they were in it together, that's all that mattered. And that was the thing that upset her the most was she was saying that, like, the house is getting repossessed. And she was like, I don't. She goes, I never minded the risk. Yeah. But we were always took the risks together. And he did something without her, which totally upset her. Yes. Ugh, God. Yeah. It was... It was definitely a bummer, but yeah, I want, I, I'm curious, that, like if something similar, but not as 
smoothed over happened in real life? Possibly. There's a book that this is kind of based on called Barnum. Okay. So I kind of want to read it, like, just to see. Out of curiosity, like, like. Out of curiosity. Because I know that, like, P.T. Barnum, like, the things that he did were not great. But, like, yeah. Anyway, so I want to talk about, like, the very end of the film. So, like, yes. he does, he sings, like, the last the last song. But what they did was they broke up The Greatest Show is, like, the beginning. Yes. And then the end of it. And at the end of the film, it's, like, the whole, like, the whole, the thing was, is like, this is what was ridiculous, is that, like, the people that lived in the town that the circus was in hated the circus. Yes. Like, because they're just ruthless, horrible people who don't like people that are different from them, basically. Yes. And, like... They end up burning the building down that the circus is in. Mm-hmm. And so it was about, like, trying to find a place where they could all still be together because that was their home. Like, that was their family. Like, being together is their home and their family and all that stuff. And thankfully, Philip Carlyle didn't just burn through his money like Barnum did. Yes. And offered to give his portion of the money that he'd been taking every week, his ten, his eight, ten percent, ten percent that he takes every week, uh, and give it back to Barnum so that they would still have, you know, something. Yeah. And they decided that like buying a building in Manhattan was too expensive, but renting land down by the docks and putting a tent on yep. it was cheaper. And that's where. That's supposedly where the circus tent thing came from, started, was from that. And so they go into this tent, and it's, like, amazing, and it's moving into the second half of The Greatest Show. And Barnum passes on the, like, the hat, the top Mm -hmm. hat, and basically passes the baton to Zac Efron. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, my God. When he comes, like, when he, like, runs in and, like, spins in and, like, starts singing, yes. I was like, God, it's amazing. That was really, it was a great transition. And the song on the soundtrack, it transitions from, like, Hugh Jackman to Zac Efron, like, seamlessly. Yes. It's great. Yes. Um, also, I don't know if you ever noticed this. If you go see it again, watch that in that scene where he's standing there, like leaning against the bleachers. Right. And he's wearing a coat with tails. Yeah. And it's open. OK, it's open. And then he takes the hat mm-hmm. and like the like walking stick, like takes that from him and goes running out there. And when he like spins in, all of a sudden he's in a coat that's short and buttoned. Weird. OK. Yeah, but it's, like, this, like, amazing smooth transition from, like... Because the outfit that he wore before looked just like Barnum's. Yeah. But now he's, like, the ringleader. So, yes. like, it's, it's like, this transition from being like Barnum to being something completely new. And, like, on his and own. And, like, it's... Yeah. Yes, it's so smooth how he, like, spins in and you're, like, he's in one coat and then he's in a different one. Completely. That's awesome. And I didn't see it until the second time because I always wonder, I was like, how the hell did he go from like buttoning one and like yeah. being unbuttoned to buttoned in like a hot second? I, I will definitely Especially, pay attention. There's a lot of buttons on that coat. But <laughs> oh my God, like that part is so great. I love the end of that movie because it's just like, and he kisses her and it's so beautiful. Yes, it's really, really good. <sighs> I just watched this movie for the relationships, guys. <laughs> 
the songs the songs are amazing the songs you're, you're there for uh, well, more than what you think no i was there for everything i was like i want to see this movie so many times like honestly i just wanted to come out on dvd i know so already you just so it. that i can watch it a million times i mean i just got movie pass guys movie pass yes which i'm so excited about so now i can go see the green showman like a hundred times <laughs> make it worth it <laughs> It is. You go, like, one time during, like, non-matinee time, and that pass pays for itself. Yep. Because it's $10 a month, and you can see as many movies as you want at the movie, at the theaters that take movie pass. So it's, like... Yes. An incredible investment. Anyways, so final thoughts, because this podcast is getting long. <sighs> it is long. No, just that it's really, really good, and if you can look past the who it's based on, then honestly like yeah it's worth it it's worth it or just listen to the soundtrack if you really can't get around it yes (laughs) the music is amazing it's and like uh my boss carrie went and saw this and she said that this movie was basically a bunch of music videos slammed into a film with like stuff in between and i was like well you're not really wrong no you're not wrong but i mean there's a story there Oh, it's a very like it's a good story that I mean that's through. Like, basically there's some what that are a kind musical of like, is like yeah <laughs> yeah like I would I I just want to watch it like a million times yeah anyway so go see this movie if you haven't seen it listen to the soundtrack if you haven't listened to it fall in love with the love stories fall in love with Hugh Jackman's voice because you need to and then yeah. I'll just always love Zac Efron yes and the the other characters as well. Yes, everybody else, just everyone. And then I'm going to post some of the behind the scenes videos that like were posted by The Greatest Showman because there's one where like uh Hugh Jackman had gotten um skin cancer removed on his nose and like he wasn't supposed to be singing when they were doing like the big thing to get this sh- movie to they were pitching the movie to get made and he wasn't singing. So they asked Jeremy Jordan of all people to come in and sing. Oh, Hugh Jackman's parts. Yeah. And uh, from now on was the one song he couldn't stop himself from singing and like listening to them sing that song and then listening to like Keela sing. This is me before like she actually got the role like officially is like you can feel it like how passionate all of these the cast was about this film and like how passionate she is particularly about that song awesome. and like what it means to her and like basically everyone so i'm a, i'm going to add those videos yes. cuz people need to watch them and i've watched them like more times than is probably <laughs> healthy anyways I'm like a light switch. I either am completely obsessed or uninterested a lot of the time. It's just one or the other. I totally understand. <laughs> it's just it's what it is. I tell people that. They were like, well, what do you, like, how, like, like I'm just to get obsessed with things. Like, either completely obsessed or not obsessed at all. Like, just uninterested. Light switch. Yes. So it's just what I am. Anyways, so I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Tea Time. The notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website, teatimewithkc.com. You can also reach out to us via Twitter and Instagram using our handle at teatimewithkc. We also have a fancy Facebook page now, which is facebook.com forward slash teatimewithkc. So you can come there, comment on stuff, give us stars, whatever. 
Uh, you can also, if you got any questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes, feel free to email us at twithkc at gmail.com. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts because those ratings and reviews really help us. Also, recently, if you really like this show and you want other people to be able to find this show, BuzzFeed is doing a, like thing right now where they're trying to get uh, podcasts that are sort of not very well known but people really enjoy listening to to like write an article about them and get the world to sort of realize that there are other podcasts that are not that are have great content and great people making them that people just don't seem to be able to find or don't know about. Yes. So I'm going to put a link to the article in the show notes and also in the description for the podcast so that if you want, you can just please just like tell them about our show. Let them know that we exist and that you love us and that we want other people to be able to find us and show us love just as much as you love us. Yes. So please do that. Um, I'll leave the link for that. And also don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the geek to geek podcast network by visiting geek to geekcast.com. And you can also chat with us in real time by downloading the messaging app Slack and joining our Slack channel at geek2geekcast.slack.com. And until next time, bye. bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.